If you still have breath in your lungs, Pastor Ray Bentley says that's evidence God has a plan for you. I do believe that until God's finished with your life and my life, we are indestructible. God's gonna take care of you no matter what happens. He's gonna watch over you, protect you. You're gonna come out of scrapes that you could have and should have maybe even been goners. No, we don't live foolishly, that's dumb. But we don't live in fear. Spread the news of his people coming down before the king. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming, join the song. Sing along, let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. It's easy to go about our day and lose sight of the fact that God is in sovereign control. Whether we live a long life or a short life, we'll live exactly as long as God ordains. And when we surrender to His will, we'll see more success and less frustration. Here's Pastor Ray to begin. Luke chapter 10, we're gonna look at the first 21 verses. The good news, and this is an interesting time for the Lord because we're, we're in Luke chapter 10, but already Jesus is making his way toward Jerusalem. And here he is going to commission a group of 70 to go out. He had formerly commissioned 12. Now he is going to be commissioning 70 and sending them out to prepare the way as an advanced team. So with that in mind, let's uh, read verses 1 through 11 and listen to what Jesus now does. It says, and after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Let me stop right there and just say when the Lord sent them out, he sent them two by two. He didn't send them alone. I encourage you as you discover the unique gifts and talents, maybe ministry, calling that God's given to you, uh, when you begin using and exercising your gift, don't go alone. Try to have at least one other person that will be with you and pray with you and walk with you. And, and so two, encourage one another. If you're totally by yourself, you're, you're vulnerable to discouragement. And it's easier for the enemy to kind of pick you off and discourage you along the way. So Jesus sent them out two by two. But here we have the, the uh, 70 that are going out. And, and so every place that he himself was about to go, verse two, then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Verse three, go your way, and behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Jesus said, carry neither money, bag, knapsacks, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. You know, you're, you're not out for a casual stroll, in other words. Verse five, but whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Verse seven, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give for the labor is worthy of his wages. So when you go into that town or that community, don't just bop around from house to house. 
If you're received in one house and you attach to one family and they bless you, stay there. And whatever they feed you, hey, that's all right. You're doing the work of the kingdom and they will provide for your meals and for a roof over your head. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. I love that. The kingdom of God has come near you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us as we wipe off against you. And nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come to you. Now, as we look at this story and those who were sent out, Jesus sends this advance team on his way to Jerusalem. These men are not called apostles, though they were still sent, were they commissioned to represent the Lord. Um, they were his advance messengers to go before him and to do the work of the kingdom, to heal the sick, to proclaim the good news to all men, news of salvation to lost sinners. Now, what's interesting about you know, proclaiming peace uh, to the places that you come to, like Joshua's army of old, they were first to proclaim peace to the cities. I don't know if you had seen this parallel before, but it's, it's very interesting in Deuteronomy chapter 20, it says, and when you go near a city to fight against it, then proclaim an offer of peace to it. And it shall be that if they accept your offer of peace and open to you, then all the people who are found in it shall be placed under tribute to you and serve you. Now, if the city will not make peace with you, but war against you, then you shall besiege it. This is a divine kingdom that is, as it were, taking over territory that Satan had usurped. Satan is the one that wants to bring people into, into fear, slavery, bondage, addiction, worldliness, and all the rest. We have been given the authority by Jesus Christ to set people free. Amen? You and I have been called by the Lord to do that very thing. Now, uh, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18 is in your notes. This is another version of Matthew, which we often go to for the Great Commission. But I want you to notice what Mark says, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. And if you would, let's read this scripture out loud together. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Oh man, this is, this is beautiful because the Lord is saying, my presence and my Holy Spirit will be with you. And I am telling you, you can do that also. And there will be, the Lord will be there. The Lord will be with you. It will touch that person's heart. And you don't have to ask, oh, are you a believer? No, you, you are praying for them on the basis of their humanity. They are made in the image of God. And it may be that God would touch them 
or heal them, or just the love of God or the presence of the Holy Spirit that opens their hearts for you to be able to bring the gospel to them. And so you and I have, in the authority of Jesus Christ, not only the permission, but the opportunity is so vast and it is so great. We have an opportunity. The harvest is plentiful. And the laborers are few, but we, we can do it. And so I challenge you to prayerfully consider being used of the Lord. And interesting too here in verse uh, 10, but whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. There are people who the kingdom of God has come near or they have come near to the kingdom and yet they have never entered in. And that is a tragic thing. Imagine this, Jesus followed these guys. Now these guys came, the 70 came through. They prayed for people, people got healed. Demons were cast out. There was the presence of the Lord and then Yeshua came. Yeshua taught, Yeshua, Jesus opened his mouth with power and they saw it and they could feel the effects of it and the presence of the glory of God in Jesus Christ but then they never received it in their heart and they, they let him pass. You know, you remember Herod Agrippa, one of the saddest statements in the Bible. The Apostle Paul, man, what, what wouldn't I give to have a, a, a CD of the preaching of the Apostle Paul? <laughs> the Apostle Paul preaching to Herod Agrippa and here are the words of Herod Agrippa, Acts 26, verse 28, almost, Thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost, Paul. Man, you had me. I felt you. I heard you. I could see it. I could taste it. But then he pulled back. He didn't let it enter in. The seed on the ground was removed from his heart by the enemy. Herod Agrippa is not in the kingdom of heaven and hasn't been there for 2,000 years and yet he was given the gospel by the apostle Paul. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. He came near the kingdom of God, but he didn't enter in. Whew, you do not want to be. How about Judas Iscariot? He had gone out with the 12. He had prayed for people and they'd been healed in the name of Jesus. Miracles had happened around him. He had heard Jesus and he'd experienced him and yet he was the son of perdition. He also is not in heaven, but he has been separated from God for these last 2,000 years and will be separated from God for the rest of eternity. When the kingdom of God comes near you, don't let it pass you by. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor, and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people he was just so kind and full of love. 
I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. And I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now look with me in verse 12. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Now those who rejected their message, they were to walk out into the street and do a little uh, sermon illustration, shake the dust off their feet and then walk away. You guys didn't receive it. You didn't want it. It came to you. And the Messiah of Israel came, but you didn't have time for him. Okay, dust is gone, man. We don't even want your dust from your city clinging to our heels. We're on to the next place. It's pretty heavy. Now, for this city or these cities that had rejected the gospel and the advanced team, let alone the Lord, here's what Jesus says. In the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for Sodom that went up in flames than it will be for you guys because the, a greater light has come to you than came to Sodom. The kingdom of God had come near. They had a chance to be with the Messiah himself, but they would not receive him. Sodom did not have that same exposure or that same opportunity. So here's what Jesus now goes into, verse 13. He says, woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. As he goes on, he says, Tyre and Sidon would have repented long ago, but it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Wow, Capernaum. Bethsaida is on one side, Chorazin is on the other, and right in the middle is Capernaum. And Capernaum was the headquarters, basically, of Jesus' ministry for three years. From there, he would go out and travel, but he always came back, and you read about it again and again, Capernaum. And there it was judged by God. And again, along with Chorazin and Bethsaida, has not been rebuilt to this day. And so, again, here in verse 17, Jesus uh, says, he who hears you hears me, but he who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. This is true for anyone who goes and, and serves the Lord, because if you do share, and you share the gospel, and you share the truth, and you witness to them, and they reject you, it, it hurts your feelings. And I understand that. I, I've heard people say no, and, and uh, boy, sometimes there's this reaction, almost this physical, visceral reaction to you of just rejection. That's a hard thing to endure. But what Jesus is saying here is know this, they're not rejecting you. Don't take it personally. What they're really rejecting is me. 
And when they reject me, Jesus says, they're really rejecting God. Don't take it personally. It is not you. It is he who lives in you and he who dwells within you. Now, when you love people and when you will share with them and when you are praying for them, uh, sometimes, don't get discouraged because a, a rejection doesn't mean forever. Sometimes we go, oh man, that was so painful and I just got shot down and, and people have this reaction because here you are full of light and the Holy Spirit and you've got hope and you're happy and you've got this testimony to share and all you're doing is bringing out the vacuum of emptiness in them and man, they just rage out or lash out or you know, they, they'll tell you off, rip you up one side, down the other and profanities come out and all the rest. You get your feelings hurt, walk away. Whoa, that was a failure. No, they're not reject. If you can, you know, take this view, a little bit more of a mature view. You didn't reject. It wasn't me. Don't take it personally. Come back to them again. Love them again. Never stop loving them. Never stop sharing with them. Is there ever a time that you should stop witnessing to people? Yes. When they are dead, then you should stop witnessing to them. But never before. And the thief on the cross is the proof that even in the last final moments of a wicked, selfish life, he turns his head and goes, remember me when you come in your kingdom. How does Jesus feel? And a lot of people think, oh man, that doesn't count people in their deathbed in the end and they you know, throw up some little prayer, whatever, hey. That if ever there was an opportunity to say, no, man, it's too late. You're getting what you deserve or what Jesus could have done it then. What does Jesus say to that guy? Today, you will be with me in paradise. You, we're not the judges. We don't, hey, if anybody, it counts. Even in the last breath, in the last moments, they're in the hospital and they've rejected Christ their whole lives. They can't even talk anymore. But they say that you can talk to them and they, they can hear. We've had people that we know have heard the people that share with them. And even though they're out of it, supposedly, that pray to receive Christ then. So it's never too late. Amen? Amen. It's never too late. Love them to the very end. Closing verses 17 through 21. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, and here's what they were excited about, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yeah, and I kind of understand. It's kind of cool when demons totally freak out because you came in the authority in the name of Jesus. I'll never forget when I was a young man, there was a guy absolutely, definitely, beyond the shadow of a doubt, totally demon-possessed. And I walked into the room, scared, shaking like a little you know, leaf and stretched out my hands and prayed. I had to kind of force myself to just put my hands out and prayed. And I wasn't, you know, I was no big powerful giant taking this thing on. I didn't like it and I didn't enjoy it, but I witnessed the power of the Holy Spirit as that guy became calm. As he then, after all these profanities and, and evil like you cannot believe that he'd come out of this guy, he becomes calm, cool, placid, starts weeping like a baby, saying, oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, man, please don't let that thing come back to me. I saw the power of Christ. It is amazing. Man, the demons, they know who you are, Lord. It's awesome to see the power of God at work. 
And Jesus responded and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Don't be afraid of the devil. Remember when Paul reached his hand into the fire of the shipwreck and he puts his hand in there and a poisonous viper bites onto his hand. He shook it off. He's there at the fire. And all the, the people that were on that island wanted to wait and watch for him to puff up like a little puffer fish and pop and explode and die. And finally, when he didn't puff up and he kept looking at them and they're looking at him and he's looking at them and, and nothing happens. And they realize he must be a god. And Paul said, I'm not a god. And so then he shares with them. I do believe that until God's finished with your life and my life, that God has a purpose for your life and my life, we are indestructible. God's going to take care of you no matter what happens. He's going to watch over you, protect you. You're going to come out of scrapes that you could have and should have maybe even been goners. How many of you have already had a close encounter with? You should be dead, but here you are. You're an example. You are indestructible. Now, that doesn't mean you can drive down the freeway over 100 miles an hour. God's got a purpose for you. You know, ha, 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 death. If you act irresponsible, then you'll find that God's finished with your testimony on earth. But what the point is, no, we don't live foolishly. That's dumb. But we don't live in fear. Not afraid. And when it is time to go, let's go. Because we're going to go and be with him. Nevertheless, Jesus did say at the end here in verse 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Don't rejoice in the miraculous and demons are screaming and, you know, even the people being healed is awesome. Those are good things, wonderful things. That the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And the final analysis the only thing that counts is, is my name in the book of life. Because without that, we're done. We're history. We've had it. Is your name in the book of life. And that name is written by the blood of the Lamb. It was written there before the foundations of the earth were laid by God's amazing grace. We owe everything to him. Amen? You're not here just to enjoy the American dream, have a nice life, and then in the end die and go to heaven. You are here to grow up as a child of God. You have a unique and divine, heavenly, holy purpose. You are called to be his ambassadors. You are all missionaries wherever you are, wherever you go. <laughs> you don't have to be in Africa or Asia or South America. There are many who are waiting and listening for those who will answer the call and share the gospel, the good news, because many people are hungry for it. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with important insights for our personal evangelism efforts. Glad you're along for our continuing studies in the Gospel of Luke here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Powerful Good News. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com.
That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.